0: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Well, afternoon. Sorry, it's already turned 12 o'clock. It's great to have you with us today. If you are here and you are new, we want to welcome you this morning as well. And welcome to December. Can you believe it's December? I nearly wore a Christmas jumper today, but I thought it's just still a little bit too early. Maybe next week. And we're going to begin today our Christmas series, and it's entitled This Just a Story. And each of our messages throughout December. We'll explore a different aspect of the life of Jesus. And today, we're looking at just a baby. Looking at the birth of Jesus and asking this big question. Was this just a baby? We're going to look at detail in how Jesus' birth was foretold. How it came to pass. And as we look at the story, we will see that this is not just any baby, but the promised Messiah, the saviour of the world. But he came in the form of a baby. The beginning of Matthew's Gospel, which we read today, gives us some details on the savior's miraculous birth. But I wonder, how do you picture Jesus? Do you picture him as a baby? And I'd suggest that outside of December, most people don't. Christianity saves focus on Jesus as a baby for Christmas only. But this incredible transformation of God to baby gets less air time during the other 11 months, become December we talk about it a lot don't we yet this idea of God incarnate coming to earth as a baby is an incredible and beautiful truth and one that we should celebrate and share and today that is what we are going to do but let me begin with a story if I may who here as as a poll would do their Christmas shopping online hands up if you do some shopping online Just a few people. Well, I'll be honest and say that often I do my Christmas shopping online because it's incredibly convenient, isn't it? Whether it's Amazon or eBay or some catalogue or any other website, it just seems so easy. What you can do from the comfort of your own home is you can pick the details, pick exactly what you want and when it will come. All from your own living room. How easy. And the best thing is it normally arrives exactly when it tells you but there are occasions there are moments where what you think you have ordered and what comes is totally different and when does that ever happen to you a few years ago this happened to me twice let me let me begin in Christmas 2016, Vicky and I had been going out for about a year, and I was still in Bible college, so I didn't have lots of money for Christmas presents, but I thought, I'm going to be really thoughtful with my Christmas presents. So I, I scanned the internet, and I found this really, really lovely clock with a map on it, and I thought to myself, well, Vicky likes maps, and Vicki's often also late, so a clock with a map makes a lot of sense. And I ordered it. I thought, this is going to be a great present. She's going to love this. And it didn't arrive until Christmas Eve. And when the delivery driver knocked the door and handed me this box, I could not believe what had came. Let me show you. Let me give you a demonstration. I thought this clock was going to be 40 centimeters in diameter, which is this size. Got a tape measure. So about that size. That's a fine size for a clock, lovely for a room. But I didn't order 40 centimetres. I'd order 40 inches. (laughs) About that size. Now, there's a bit of a difference there, isn't there? And I tell you, that clock was seen on Christmas Day, and I haven't seen it since. So who knows where it went. But you would think that I had learned my lesson and I would be much more careful when it came to picking presents online. But the next year I made another mistake. Vicky's dad, my father-in-law had, had just bought himself a Mercedes and yes, I did marry upwards, absolutely. Um, and I thought, I'm gonna do something really nice. I'm gonna buy him the model, toy model version of his car, you know, matchbox size. So again, scanned Amazon, find this, what I thought was one in 40 scale car ordered it, and then it arrived, and it wasn't 1 in 40 scale. Let me show you what came. Well, this is a representative of what came. I don't know if anyone can see that. (laughs) For those at the back, there is something in my hand. (laughs) I didn't order 1 to 140 scale. I ordered by accident 1 to 140 scale. So this thing is tiny, and yet... I was really frustrated, really annoyed. But here's what happened. I looked back. What I'd ordered was exactly what came. All of the details were correct. Everything that the company said would come, did come. But my expectations were wrong. I didn't read it right. And do you know what? It's a little bit like the story of the first Christmas. Jesus was a bit of a surprise package, even though he shouldn't have been. Throughout scripture, a saviour had been promised. And everything pointed to the exact time and the exact place. That night, in a manger, in the form of a baby. There were prophecies that foretold of it, of exactly how it would happen and when it would happen. And the people were waiting and they were longing for their king. And they were so in need of this saviour. Yet, that first Christmas, when the saviour did come, it took everybody by surprise and people missed it and that's despite God the Father making his plan very clear yet that first Christmas the joy that came to the world that night was totally different to what people had expected. See after all everyone knew or thought they knew that the Messiah would be this ultimate military commander. He would arrive on horseback with a sword held high crying out vengeance And redemption in the name of the Lord and for his favored nation. That the chosen one would have the wisdom of Solomon, the charisma of David, the godliness of Moses, the military genius of Joshua. Yet here he came, just a baby boy. However, the birth of Jesus doesn't just begin that night in the manger. The story actually began long ago. If this was a timeline if this stage was a timeline and the birth of Christ was here actually when it was first talked about would be well over here over 700 years previously they began to talk about the birth of Jesus the writings about Jesus prior to his birth are known as prophecies now sometimes people think of prophecies as these almost vague Nostradamus type predictions about future events, but biblical prophecies are anything but vague. They detail everything from the place and manner of the birth of Jesus to the way that he would die. These prophecies demonstrate the Bible isn't merely the work of historians or poets. And the Apostle Paul wrote in Second Peter chapter 1, verses 19-21, he said this about prophecy. We also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you know this, no prophecy of scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That these biblical writers could describe future events in detail because they were carried and inspired by the Holy Spirit who knew beginning from end. So these prophecies tell of his birth, the manner of his birth, the place of his birth and the purpose of him being born. And I'm going to look through some of those this morning and this might seem a little bit deep but it's really, really important when we analyse the birth of Jesus to look into these. The first one we find in Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 to 7, really famous verses and they picture the Messiah as wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, he will be on david's throne but they also call him unto us a child is born this is remarkable that 700 years before the birth of jesus we have it foretold in scripture we're going to break down isaiah 9 6 to 7 just for a moment to see what it tells us first that this child is a mighty god these words define strength and they reflect that this new king has power it carries particular military significance in its language, which be translated as warrior. And that highlights the surprise then of the child in a manger. Next, we have a reminder of the eternal nature of God, the everlasting Father. This serves as a reminder of the enduring closeness of the relationship of the Savior to us. It offers us comfort and stability. And finally, this child will be a Prince of Peace. An officer of well being and shalom. In this context, shalom will include the idea of peace, but the word more commonly used has a broader meaning of well being, of life going well as a whole. So it's not some naive hope or wish or some idea of this utopia, but this sincere belief that the Savior has come over the world in a way that brings calm to the chaos, the peace that passes all understanding. Is here. Another important verse around here is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which is quoted in the scripture we read this morning in Matthew chapter 1, 23. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign, Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. This person, whose name means God with us, will be born of a virgin. He will not suddenly appear as an adult. And in Matthew 1, verse 20 the Holy Spirit is identified as the means of Mary's pregnancy. And in the two biblical texts that talk through the birth of Jesus, Matthew and Luke, the Holy Spirit is again identified as the agent of Mary's pregnancy and she is identified as a virgin. And this is really important. This was God's miraculous intervention, producing offspring without a human father. No man, no angel was involved. What called for the virgin birth? Why was that necessary? Well, the fundamental need was found in the nature of every human being. Every normal human birth produces another sinner, just as Adam, as a sinner, produced a race of sinners. But our Savior had to be genuinely human and truly sinless in order to be our perfect substitute. So this doctrine of the virgin birth stands at the heart of the Lord's person and saving work. That without the virgin birth, there would be no salvation for sinners. And if the virgin birth did not occur, then the Bible is not true and cannot be trusted. It is an essential part of scripture. And it is one that as the church we must celebrate because it is so important to God's saving work. And Jesus was also prophesied as to be the true son of David. If Jesus had appeared, from heaven as a fully grown man he wouldn't have been this promised son the Old Testament foretells that a savior would be of a descendant of Eve in Genesis 3 and then in Genesis 12 God specifies that all nations will be blessed through Adam through Abraham his grandson Jacob has 12 sons and shortly before his death Jacob prophesies that Judah's family will be Kings not only over Judah's Jacob's other descendants but over many people And King David is from that tribe of Judah. And God promises him in 2 Samuel 7, you and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Now, all of these references make it clear that the Messiah will be from a certain people, a certain tribe, and even from a specified royal family line. Really important. When the angel Gabriel announces the birth of Jesus, he connects it to this expectation in Luke chapter 1, verses 32. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will reign over, Lord God will give him to the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Matthew's account begins with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And we didn't read that this morning. And you're welcome because we could have been here a long time. But it's really, really important when you go through that genealogy that it says Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Showing that Jesus really is the expected Messiah. So to fulfill all of these prophecies, Jesus could not just be human. He had to be born as the son of David and the lion of Judah. And just for good measure, I'm going to give you one more prophecy. And that's in Micah 5 verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. So again, back here, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, Micah spoke of a ruler who would come out of the town of Bethlehem. He's coming forth to be old, even from ancient of days. That last phrase can be translated from the days of eternity. So Micah foresaw that the eternally existing one would be born in Bethlehem. Why Bethlehem? In Hebrew, Bethlehem means house of bread. Bethlehem is where the bread comes from. What did Jesus call himself in John chapter 6? The bread of life. The one who alone can satisfy our deepest spiritual longings. All of these prophecies, I know we've went into a little bit of detail, but they point and show us one thing. This is no ordinary baby. And this is no ordinary birth. This is the Messiah. See, when you hear the name Jesus, what picture pops into your head? Maybe you think of a a famous painting of a Caucasian looking Jesus that you maybe saw hanging in a church lobby somewhere. Maybe you picture him as a Middle Eastern man, or you envisage like a cartoon like image of him from culture. But whatever you envisage of Jesus, that picture he normally appears on our head as an adult. Not right. But here's the thing. I'm humbled that Jesus chose to spend nine months in a human womb. That the God who could go anywhere in the universe She was to be cramped into a womb and go through all of the stages of fetal development. I'm humbled that Jesus went through the mess and the pain of childbirth. He could have come down to earth with chariots of fire or in a spaceship or whatever he wanted to do, but he came in one of the most painful yet natural ways. And more than that, he was born in a literal barn. There was no hospital. No sterile hospital, no experienced doctors. I'm humbled that Jesus was also dependent on imperfect parents, Mary and Joseph. Jesus had created these people. But now he relied on Joseph for a roof over his head and on Mary to nurse him and feed him every two hours. And finally, I'm humbled that Jesus inhabited the confines of a human body. A baby is so limited on what he can do. Jesus was the same. The God who could see into eternity could not, as a baby, see past his own mother's face. And Joseph and Mary had to admit that this baby seemed at first glance like any other newborn baby. He cried in the middle of the night. He hungered for milk. He needed clothes every so often. Seemed like an ordinary child, but he was the one whose origins are from the deep they passed as the prophet insisted how could this infant be the son of God or for that matter why would the son of God come as a child you see the need of Israel was urgent first the Greek and now the Roman influence seemed to be wiping away a little bit more of the Abraham Isaac and Jacob legacy each day God's people had waited a long time for this savior to come for this promise to come generations passed There was even 400 years of silence. And if you can imagine the waiting, the longing, the hoping, both patiently and impatiently. But in their waiting and in the silence, I'm going to tell you that God was still sovereign. And he still had a plan. And at just the right time, the plan came. See, Jesus, the Messiah, came. And he wasn't the Messiah they expected. But he was the one that they needed. Galatians 4 verses 4 to 5 really great verses says this But when the fullness of time had come God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons I'm going to give us three quick points today based on what we've read so far number one even though he arrived just as a baby his timing is always perfect the phrase "when the fullness of time had come," that this time was appointed by the Father, His timing was perfect. Jesus came at just the right time. Here's why: if He had came earlier, if He came a couple of thousand years earlier, virtually no records would exist because writing wasn't even something that was happening. It was in its infancy. It was limited to southern Mesopotamia. So, if He had came two thousand years previously, there wouldn't have been enough to write about. People to write about it. And as it was, Jesus came at a time when Alexander the Great and the Roman Emperor had united much of the civilized world into one culture. He came at a time just before there was a growth explosion of the world's population. It's almost like it was deliberate when he came. Jesus came at a time when the foundations had been laid, where the good news could be spread most quickly. The roads were more rapidly ready to take the gospel around the world. Culture was moving forward. This political and social climate allowed room for the spread of the gospel. The Greek language had become the common language. Literature was growing. The timing of Jesus' arrival was deliberate. It wasn't too late. It wasn't too early. The Savior came exactly when planned. His plan is always what is required, and it's always just on time. Of course, we said that Jesus' coming was centered around specific prophecies. Daniel 9 speaks clearly regarding the specifics of when a Messiah would come. So amongst the Jewish people, there was much anticipation of this impending arrival. And an extensive period of difficult Roman rule had made the Jews even hungrier for this coming king. And God sent his son at the specific time when the gospel could grow. It was deliberate. See, the people had longed for and they waited and expected a saviour. But at just the right time, Jesus came. See, God has his own sense of timing. Second Peter 3 verse 8 says this, With the Lord, one day is a thousand, and a thousand years is one day. God is never in a hurry. His timing has never been off. It's not going to start now. Jesus made a habit in his life of turning up to places and meeting people at just the right time. There's so many examples in Scripture, like how he met the woman at the well at that time of day. But one of the best stories is the story of Lazarus in John chapter 11. You see, Mary and Martha had a brother called Lazarus, and he was really close friends with Jesus. And they sent word to Jesus that his friend was sick, gravely ill, and he asked Jesus to come to him. It took Jesus about three days to go five miles just because of appointments on the way. And when he got there, they told him, You're too late. We've already buried Lazarus but Jesus wasn't late because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. His goal was not to heal Lazarus. His goal was to raise Lazarus from the dead. So Jesus walked up to the tomb told them to roll the stone away and said Lazarus come forth and he did because he is never too late. He is always just on time and his timing Is still not off. I want to encourage you today. God still has a great sense of timing. He still shows up at just the right time. And the circumstances are things that you might find yourself in, and you wonder when God was you. I want to encourage you. He still shows up at just the right time. Secondly, even though he arrived just as a baby, he came the right way. Why did Jesus come as a baby? See, he's one like no other. He was fully human and fully divine, simultaneously. Nothing about his humanity could detract from his godliness. And nothing about his godliness could detract from his humanity. He is a man of both worlds. He is the bridge by which God comes to earth and people come to God. And in that regard, we have seen the virgin birth as a sign of his divinity. He comes to earth from the outside, pure and clean. He is in no way a product of this world and now we see that in the same way the infancy of the child is a sign of his humanity he is one of us in every way he arrives from heaven with perfection and godliness to which no other person is capable yet he takes the full human journey how could we follow in his footsteps as a man if he hadn't crawled as a child how could we believe he had undergone all of the temptation we have faced if we'd bypassed the most difficult years in which we struggle to earn our adulthood? To make the full sacrifice on our behalf, Jesus had to make the full commitment. It would have meant very little to us if Jesus had sprung from heaven, fully formed, bathed in heavenly glory, saying, Here are my hands and my feet, place me on the cross. But instead, we see jesus as a baby in a manger we see him at the temple as a boy on the verge of maturity already about his father's business we see mary and joseph wonder at him trying to understand as he grew in wisdom and stature and favor and we see a young man quietly beginning a ministry that will change the course of human history we overhear the whispers from his neighbors He's just a carpenter's son. We see and read about him in the desert, wrestling with temptation in the matter of his destiny. And we know he is truly and fully human. And then when those spikes are drilled through his wrists and his ankles, we know that he feels the pain that any man would feel. We know the price of our sins is being paid in full. There's no need for credit plans, easy payment schedules, but by every drop of blood and every brutal slash of the whip, he paid the debt that we couldn't. We are bought with a price that could never have been paid without the full burden of humanity being accepted. If he was God only, his sacrifice would have been unconvincing. If he had been man only, his sacrifice would have no power. He would be like a a martyr, like 10,000 others but he was man and he was God. So therefore he was all in all. He came as a child to confront and conquer every challenge and every temptation. He is everything we need. See, one thing is clear. Jesus may not have been the Messiah that people had expected, but he was exactly what they and what we need. See, they wanted this political leader, but he came to be so much more than that. People longed for freedom from Roman bondage. And Christ did come to bring freedom. But freedom from sin and death. He was to be a rescuer from death. He was to be light and salvation. So much more than what they thought they needed and wanted. He is what the world needs. This Christmas, I want to encourage you. He is still the Savior. Galatians 4 verse 5 in the Passion Translation says this. Yet all of this was so that he would redeem and set free those held hostage to the written law that we would receive full and legal adoption as his children. A child has come to free us to be children, to receive freedom. This is why he came, not to win any small fight or any small political argument, but to win the war against death and hell once and for all. This was an eternal battle and an eternal victory so was this just a baby no he is our messiah he is our rescuer jesus christ came to bring beauty for ashes to replace distress with comfort to replace worry with peace turmoil with rest that good shepherd came to earth on a search and rescue mission to identify and gather those who had strayed and welcome us back to the father that's what he did for us our precious Savior left his throne to come down to earth as a baby, to live and be with his people, to fix the unfixable, to repair the irreparable and to redeem a debt that we couldn't pay. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Jesus came to earth and it was a rescue mission to recover us, to give us that which we didn't even know we needed or had lost. And Jesus offers restoration in our lives today. This was his mission. He wasn't a political giant, he was a savior. The world awaited a warrior and a king. Yet when he arrived, he was gentle and small. He was extraordinary, but wrapped in the ordinary. The Messiah, he was in a manger. And if they wanted a political leader, I tell you, they got the best. If they wanted a warrior, well, I tell you, he fought and he won the war against sin and death. He was everything the world needed and he is still everything the world needs and he is everything that you need today. His timing is always perfect. He came in just the right way and I tell you, he is still everything that we need. The Christmas story is the perfect picture of who God is and what he does for his people. God with us. Jesus came and he always will at just the right time, in just the right way. The God who always has a plan. And at Christmas, the story of a saviour coming at just the right time, in just the right way. I want to tell you, we can play that on repeat today, that the saviour still comes, at just the right time, in just the right way. And whatever season or situation you find in your life, and I want to tell you, this Christmas it's still the same. The story hasn't changed. He is still the saviour, and he is still everything that we need. And this morning I want us to take heart that the God of the Christmas story is still the same. Our Savior has come. And if you're a Christian today, this is a really important reminder. That at the start of this Christmas season, we celebrate not the presents we get or anything else, but the greatest gift. And that's the salvation we received in the form of Jesus coming to earth as a baby. See, people are searching for the answer. At Christmas, we celebrate the arrival of the one who has everything we need. Why don't you stand with me? The story of years old is still as relevant today. We need to celebrate the Savior being born. Celebrate the Messiah. And we need to share this story. I wanna ask you the question, just as I close. We've talked about how Jesus came to be the Savior. And I wanna ask you, is he your Savior? Is that something that you can say? it the greatest gift that you can receive this Christmas, isn't anything from Amazon or eBay. It's the gift of salvation. And the Savior has come. And you can respond today. And we're going to go into this last song. And I want to, I want you to consider responding to Jesus and understanding that He is still everything that we need. I'm going to pray for us. Father, we pray that even in these last moments would you continue to speak to us. We thank you, Lord, that you're everything we need. We thank you that you're always on time and we thank you jesus that you came in just the right way to be our savior to be everything we needed we pray that even in this last few moments would you speak to us really clearly in jesus name